Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> this is coming live from Porter's HQ, where they're all drinking, having their makeup done. Can you hear them all laughing? <laughs> We're still working. We're sitting next yeah. to the Christmas tree, and everybody's got the champagne out. We've got professional makeup artists in, yeah, because they need it here, don't <laughs> they? they? Do. I mean, yeah, ma- mainly me. Yeah, you look good. It looks all right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't had mine done. Um, the boys have had some beard trims. Do you know oh, what? There, there's the-, the chief executive running around looking under the tree. She won't want to be on look. She- <laughs> <laughs> People are running away from us because they know we've got microphones. She, she's writing last week because the philosophy behind all this is that, you know, the worst thing I ever heard in business when people say, we haven't, you know, hit budget, so we're not having a Christmas party this year. Yeah. Isn't that just the word? Like, well, that's off then. I mean, we only have that when we make money. And we have always, always, twice a year, we hold a party. Christmas yeah. one and then the summer one. The summer party always used to be in my house. I used to open up my house and sort of go around everybody. And then we got too many staff. And then one year, my creative director, she got a bit too drunk. And she, <laughs> she did this complete flew through the air and landed on my lap and creeps. And I think the leg on the, the double seater broke. Oh, no. And every time I look at it, I think about just how bloody pissed they got around at my house and then trying to get rid of them afterwards was just such a headache anyway what else are we doing we're also we've got a Christmas coat donation so we're like everyone's bringing their old coats we're getting um, wrap up London to come and pick them all up we've done um, Secret Santa is donations to the charity yeah Uh, excuse me getting a bit drunk in the background we're trying to do a podcast here that's the Australian contingency listen to that Charlotte. <laughs> but it was really good. She's now lying down with a, a glass of Definitely the folly. second or third drink has happened. Yeah, we're also giving away. So instead of giving gifts to clients and friends and, and each other, we are donating to a charity and everybody has to really think of why they're donating to that charity. Yeah, and we're giving a little note with that. So Which the one did you do? Um, I've done one around children stammering. And oh, right, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's Michael Palin actually set it up, which is quite close to here, and it's just a really sweet thing, and I know it means something to a few yeah, people Yeah, here, that's so, brilliant. yeah, that's brilliant. I've done Winston's, which is a charity for children who lose a parent or a family member and, and grief counselling. So, you know, because I lost my parents, I thought, oh my God, what I'd have had for that, yeah. that would have been brilliant. So, yeah, there's a lot of smart. charity going on. We're also giving a big donation on behalf of all of our clients um, to save the children as well. Of course. Obviously, got to um, represent save the children. The little children at Christmas. Yes, yeah, exactly. Just give something that. So, and also, the big thing that we are mm. is we're grateful, right, Emily? Yeah. Perkins, I'm grateful There'll for you. There'll be a you. lot of, I'm grateful for you. Yeah. That, I think tonight will be quite emotional at the I party. Think you, <laughs> you always do a speech. People laugh and cry. And we're doing our pop of the year because we have po- people of Port Us, we shorten it to pop. And um, we'll be announcing our pop of the year. I know who's won because I get to do it. And I'm very excited. You'll be very happy about it. Oh, There'll pleased. be lots of tears, I think. What, what are we going to do this week? How are we going to do well, it? Well, I thought because we're coming to the end of a decade. Yeah. And actually, it was Philippa when Philippa Perry came on the podcast. She said she was excited for 2020 because you almost get to be a kid again. There's something really fresh and new about that tipping into a new decade. So I thought we could have a little reflection. I don't think she's ever stopped being a kid, has she? <laughs> What's she on about? What is thought she on about? <laughs> thought we'd have a little reflective moment back to okay. 2010 cool. at the start of the decade. Go on, I'll so go. we would. So you were writing uh, your government report. 10 years ago. In 2010, yes, There was also, we just launched Westfield London. We did. Um, Mary's Living and Giving Shops 5 were opening in 2010. Tesco was the biggest retailer. The reason why we worked with Westfield is, well, they gave me a free site to open up my charity shop. Mm. Yeah. 
-hmm. In 2010, the Equality Act was put in place, which is actually the first time it made it illegal to discriminate against people for their race or their gender or their beliefs. So a decade on, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of work to be done, but there was still some, they're still making some some positive waves back in 2010. We were also no longer in recession. Do you remember the recession that happened? Yeah. That's the doorbell. Maybe it's Father Um, Christmas. Oh, because it's Father Christmas. Oh, yeah, it's got a hood on. (laughs) Every delivery run. It's a hoodie one. It's smart. Every delivery run that's come today. What have you got? <laughs> what is it? Let's Berry like, Brothers. Champagne. No, 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 More no. It's wine. It's, I, I, oh, so it's that's Brothers. another thing I do. See, I, each year, <laughs> to my board directors, I always send a case of Berry Brothers Lovely. wine. Because I think the husbands and the partners and the wives, they have to put up with a lot sometimes. And I think, you know, I want to sort of thank them at the end of the year. If we've had to work on, then I always think, nice little case of Berry Brothers arriving, warms the cockles. That's so nice. And then they like me, you see. <laughs> Once a year. <laughs> Once a year. You're all right, mate. I've looked after you. It's either the husband or the wife. Um, yeah, no, yeah, we so were just out of that recession. Oh, Michael yeah, we're McLaren out of recession. died. Michael McLaren died in 2010. Um, we still had the amazing Bowie and Prince and George Michael. Four of those horrible deaths kept happening. But we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have influencers. Like, it was a really different time 10 years ago. Did we have social media? Social media. Twitter was, was just basically starting just, just really. Yeah. I was on it. I know you were. I was on it. it because I remember people writing bad things about me oh. on the High Street Report. That's oh remember no. like, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I brought man, that up. Man, man, that was <laughs> Jesus. But it wasn't social. Wasn't what it was at all. Like there was there were no protests. There was no there was no Greta. There was none of that. It was so actually a really different landscape to what it is now. Mm. And like this week, we've just seen Greta Thunberg this week has just been announced as um, Times Person Pe- of yeah. the Year. Fantastic. How incredible. Fantastic. Riled Trump. Yeah, I think, I think whilst I, I, I'm actually so glad to go say goodbye to this uh, last few years, but I think actually we're going into a much kinder and a much better decade. I think yeah. it was a tough old decade. Yeah. I think all that recession, all the banks, the, the crash... Brexit, Trump, all that lot. And I kind of feel that the 20s, mind you, we're going into the roaring 20s. I know. I have this kind 20s and that something new is going to happen in that decade. I have hope. Do you have hope? I do. I definitely have hope. And you're going to have a baby. I know. You're going to have a hopeful baby. (laughs) 2020 baby. Mm. Great eyesight. Who are we finishing the series with Emily Bryce Perkins and who is finishing the decade for us? (laughs) This series is being finished by Julian Richer. So oh Julian Richer, we got to go out with him, haven't we? We have to go out with a bang with Julian. So Julian's the founder of Richer Sounds, um, which is a, a sort of all, I can't think of the word. Can you give me? Well, it's a, it's a sort of was it being you know hi-fi tech. Yeah. Uh, sort of music uh, place where you can buy anything for your home anything any technology we started off with tvs and hi-fis and you know whatever um and uh, to sum this guy up he's completely bonkers but he's, <laughs> he's 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 a man who has an entrepreneur he's made his own business he's grown it and now he's on a sort of campaign to make businesses better and we loved him for yeah, that we really we liked him for that and we we met him well all i can say is we met him when we lay on his bed for the first 10 minutes but <laughs> you'll see that folks <laughs> he, he's put a really good sort of you know structure like we have the cultural sort of tenets in his business and he's very clear on what those are and he really wanted to tell me what they are well so there were five <laughs> and we god bless you julian you really tried to do them and we kept interrupting so that's what you had to begin with you know what i was interrupting because he wanted it to be so structured and he really wanted to get them across and he said to me afterwards i should have trusted you guys because I, I you know i should have been more relaxed but you know what and julian I, you were entertaining <laughs> mate. And here is Julian with the richer way.
to motivate a workforce, I believe there are five things you've got to do. First of all, make work fun. And I don't mean we're going to go to work whistling every day because that ain't going to happen. But uh, for instance, holidays. So we have 12 holiday homes in the business. More than 70% of the entire workforce have at least one free holiday a year. They pay a tiny amount of the benefit in kind towards uh, the cost. And, uh, and these are terrific homes, really lovely homes. Um, we pay the real living wage. So everyone can afford one holiday a year. But by providing these homes, they can have more than that. And I think that's really inspiring, important for people to recharge their batteries mm. and uh, a wonderful perk. So, you know, not partying every night, but some that's a big element of fun, particularly because it's used all the time. It's not just by the directors having a golf apartment in Malaga. So that's fun, I guess, one example. Two is recognition. It's about saying well done and thank you. You know, we don't do it enough as employees. You employ lots of people. I employ lots of people. We do our best. We have to systemise the recognition. You can't just give it to the chocolates and flowers, the pretty girl in reception. That just upsets everybody so every night every shop that does well above target gets an email from me it's a short email and it just says great day well done yours Jules Julian mm. whatever so uh, very short and I did five last night and I'd make sure every store that has a good day above target gets thank you at the end of the week another one it's a tiny little thing it takes me seconds but the, the bosses has thanked them so recognition saying well done and thank you crucial number three is communication so we're great bosses aren't we at giving orders and instructions so the way we convey those instructions is important we do it in a friendly way. I mean, if we've told people five times to do something, then we use capital letters, okay, and exclamation marks, mm-hmm. I guess. But, you know, proportionality is the key. The, up, the important thing about communications is upward communication. So I desperately need to know if my people are unhappy or if they've got a, a, a better way, if they've got an idea to improve the organisation. Well, how do you okay. do that? Because so you do can't be things. everywhere. We do two things, okay? We, one thing is incredibly crude and simple and cheap, but it's amazing. We measure the morale of the entire company every week. I'm talking about every store and every department. I can show you the, the, the chart. So every week, every store anonymously hands in their score to the manager of their store, um, and they they send through the average score and the lowest score in their team. That's both support departments, whether it's accounts or marketing, and also each store individually. Now, so hang on, so, so if I'm working 10, in one of your shops, yeah, I have a little form that I can fill yeah, in and I can say, I've had a great or week I had, or I haven't had a good no, week. Out of 10, keep it. Out of 10, just my 10. morale out of 10. So if it's seven or eight, I'm not jumping. I don't, it's no, 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 no. It's very subjective. But if it's below five, I'm sending fire engines up the M1. I mean, this yeah. is important. So we don't, like, why were you seven this week and not eight, you know, eight no. last week, but anything under five. So what you might find is a store has got an average score of say seven and a half, but one's a two. Now, I don't know who the two is at this point, because yeah. everyone has it honestly, but then I will find out. Now, it yeah. could be their partner's left them, or they've got yeah. health problems. It could be, didn't any commission last week, Gov, you know, well, yeah. why not? It could be know? they were just in a grumpy, bad sort of headspace. Well, exactly, but you'd be amazed how it's not scientific, but it is. I mean, it's incredibly easy and yeah. cheap to do. It's, it's You know, it, we've never had any false readings, because people, you know, oh, we had one where a manager, I won't say his name on tape, but uh, we had a manager fake the morale scores, and we fired him, you know. We, he, oh, wasn't, well, he was up in them, so no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went in the store, we did a people visit to the store, and we said, oh, great, morale scores. What are you talking about? <laughs> they didn't think about it. He's not with us anymore. But yeah. that's the only time. And then I, I went on, because I do a tape on a Sunday, and I said, look, this is this is serious. You know, you cannot, you, you be, this guy betrayed his team. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's trust. He's broken the trust dishonest, of you and dishonest for the sure. team. Big yeah. deal. So yeah. that's one thing we do to measure the morale. How easy is that? I mean, Someone's got to go to the trouble of doing it, but it's absolutely... So I know, if you do an attitude survey, it's once a year. You might be in a great mood today, and then something really pisses you off tomorrow. Yeah. You've got to wait another year to, mm. to record it. So it's at 52 times a year. So I get a colleague care report every week. Mm. Every colleague who's 
had a bereavement, who's got a health problem, who's got depression, anxiety, with a personal number. I'm the only person that gets this, and I pick up the phone. Them, some are long-running mm. health issues, and I'm absolutely aware of where their problems are. And every week I call colleagues who've got problems. Even on this, my worksheet, I've got a list in the corner of, of colleague care issues just to keep me on it. Even if I'm travelling, I've got a few minutes, I pick up the phone to people. So um, the bosses need to know where the problems are because that's really, really important. And the morale measures everybody in the company. So that's such an important point. So we're talking about communicate, just rewinding <laughs> communications we were on. So two things. So that's if colleagues are happy or well. The second part of it is innovation. So we have the most successful suggestion scheme. I put the one into ASDA. I've just done uh, M&S. I wasn't going to talk about M&S today. <laughs> so do you consult to ASDA and M&S? Only M&S. I've just I was been going to co- say, oh, no, no, no. I heard you last week. <laughs> I heard you. Don't, Jules, don't mention M&S. She doesn't like M&S. No, that's Can not true. Say, Can I tell you? Let me tell you this. My parents really? met in the Kilburn store. I know. I, I read, you know I know oh, your you background, know the Kilburn store of M&S, Love Bloom. Yeah. I don't, I really care about okay. M&S okay. and I feel sad. And I have a theory on this because I think that what we talk about and what you and I share is the fact that you have to be connected to people. You yeah. have to feel and be sensitive That's to the way people's and behaviors it's the people's are stuff because it's into, the people's yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I believe that the infrastructures on so many of these big retail businesses are so removed from the people it's changing well it's changing a bit late it's, it is changing it, it, they're so removed no, no, that I instinctive connection on okay. knowing how people are living how people what they want has been lost by these big corporations and quite frankly it's affected our businesses and we're losing some of our best brands i think because of it okay. but can i answer that you can t- totally answer. I have listened to you for about 10 minutes, but I'm going to finish this. <laughs> I thought that's what we're doing here today. Yeah, it's, 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 it's two of us. Do you I've mean? heard loads. No. Well, you stopped me. No, that's but, fine. But, but the other thing that I, I no, really... That, that's Mary, why I feel it's important. Don't do 10 this. points because I can't remember 10 things. Do I'm one done, at a time. I've had to listen to five. I'm on one. Uh, you only let this me get the three an interesting if I debate. So the other thing that gets me is I believe that those organisations were you know, set up, not less so Marks and Spencers, but so many retail businesses were set up to feed a huge consumer society that we've had over the last 30 years. And that is now changing and falling apart. And this has to be about connections and this has to be about understanding how people want to live and what's important to them and their values. And that cannot be done from a boardroom of mainly men who are removed from understanding what women want and what they feel is important in their lives. Because I would imagine that 80% of buying done in Marks and Spencers is by women. But that's my take on it. And I just feel a bit disappointed. And the fact that all they worry about is growth, profit, result, to feed the shareholders instead of saying, the world's changed, we've got this wrong. We need to work this in a different way. Should we do MNS then? Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so I just, it's easy to generalise about big businesses being bad. And I. I don't say they're bad then. Well, hmm. it's much hard of them to be personal but that as we certainly brought a lot of it we, by, by putting really important systems in to look after stuff mm. the business turnaround was hugely successful Archie now is chairman of of M&S mm. and the, uh, the the group chief exec Steve Rowe who I'm mentoring just for the last mm. year who is a, is, a, is a really good guy I actually mm. know him first hand he really cares a huge majority of the staff are, are women who are really really fond of him and he has got the, how many women are on the board Julian at Marks uh, well it's sort of it's a moving feast at the moment because people have been coming and going so I couldn't possibly say huge <laughs> huge amount of women uh, working Marks and Spencers and how many women on the board I just, ever- I just work with Steve so well, <laughs> Yeah, um, what I would say is that there are an awful lot of 
a majority of the staff women who do a fantastic job at MS and give great service and they are an institution and I for one you know hope they are going to mm. uh, um, um, and, and there's some really good stuff happening we here in arrears of course the press only report on the sales which I think is mad it should be on of gross course. profit anyway not on bloody sales I could double sales tomorrow and go bust very quickly so that's all very primitive the whole reporting most shareholders only interested in doing this twice a year mm-hmm. they give a monkeys about the staff whether it's a mine in Angola or indeed MS. Mm. so I, I, that doesn't mean the team are bad and Archie's got a fantastic track record as that and I work per- very closely with Steve and his retail director Sasha who are terrific and they really care and, and I, I observe the largely female workforce who really think they're great as well so I hope they're going to turn the business around I mean I think a lot of this has happened is that the, the sort of the infrastructures of big retail organisations that were set up operationally very sophisticated operations that have been set up over the last 20 years aren't fit for purpose today and that's very difficult to be nimble and turn that round in a market that has changed very, very quickly. Well, we've seen a lot of evolution and seen a lot of them paying the price. I mean, mm. you know, it's a, I think mm. some of the damage the high street is self-inflicted. But I, I think what the most important thing that you're getting back to, which you and I, I absolutely hold dear, is connecting with people and understanding mm. people, whether it's people working within your business mm. or the people who are buying from your mm-hmm. business. And that's been the core to success. Okay, so let me finish the yes. five points because hopefully you'll use some of that mm-hmm. on the five. So we were talking about the five ways to motivate a workforce, which the first book was out, and we got as far as communication. So we were talking about upward communication, how people feel about the business, how they are health-wise, and also hearing their ideas. So the fourth component, so just to recap, mm. we've got fun, we've got recognition, we've got communication. The fourth one is pay what you want to achieve so um i want my people to give great service so we don't reward sales we make sure we reward you know both things profitability and customer mm. service because you can always make more profit but having no staff on the shop floor making loads of profit because you haven't paid any wages today and no one will ever come back because they queued for hours and hate you for it mm. so we, we make a real point of rewarding customer service and lo and behold you know we which Consumer Association, five years, the last 10 have voted as the best retailer in the land including the last two years you know and that isn't a fluke it's because my people work really really hard um, at looking after customers and they do that I hope I imagine because they feel they're well treated at work so um, the whole customer service reward is part of that also making people accountable and making you know encouraging people to care because the boss cares about them so number five then we move on to loyalty now loyalty well, that's a bit weird well I want my people to be loyal I don't want them to steal so we do loads and loads of things to make them feel loyal not least phoning up everyone that's got you know Colleagues got problems, uh, paying for their private healthcare, paying for private counselling. You know, they all have my private number, my private email. I will do anything for a colleague that's got a problem day or night, and I think they believe that. It's all about me saying that to you, but if you popped in any of the shops and say, what's this mad guy like who's used to own the company because I've transferred control recently, um, I hope, you know, most of them would actually have real stories they could tell you that, that, that prove, you know, actions speak louder than words. So I hope that culture carries on in years to come. This, just talk to me about this. I mean, it's, a, it's something that I, I was even thinking about doing. Oh, well, so my father dropped down dead at 60 in Finchley Road uh, from a heart attack, and I'm now older than he was when he dropped down dead. And Yeah, uh, 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 yeah my father dropped down dead of a heart attack, 57. Yeah, so we're older than him now, so phew. Well, you're not surely, Mary. Oh, funny, funny, you know you've read everything about me. <laughs> <laughs> he does his homework. <laughs> okay, so um, my dad dropped down dead, and yeah. my, my missus, who was absolutely wonderful, but she'd admit she's not madly commercial, and she was really nervous about, you know, if I predeceased her, what would happen? You know, the banks get twitchy, the credit insurers get nervous, mm. and who's going to sort out the mess, you know, uh, between us, we own 100% of the shares. So uh, we heard about this EOT, not a very attractive name, mm. but it stands for I Employee know. Ownership Trust, and it just made huge sense. The government, to be fair to them, were encouraging it, uh, and uh, so we did it. We uh, uh, And I wanted... I wanted 
you know, in short succession in the business. You know, I spent my my life's work building up this business, and I, I love my people, and I and I didn't want it getting taken over. You know, God forbid, and, and ripped apart. You know, we own ninety percent of our freeholds, so you can imagine someone wanting to strip it for the property or whatever. So I wanted in short succession, and, and we got no kids to leave it to, or waiting for their payoff. You know, when Daddy died, and uh, it really made a lot of sense for us. And I'm delighted I did it. It's not right for everybody. You know, if you've got kids who wanted to come into the business later okay i get that my friend james timpson the cobbler he's sixth generation and he's a great guy but we didn't have that sort of opportunity because we had no kids so so explain it basically you sell the business to the people so 60 percent got to be controlling shares so mm. six the, 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 you have a, a value it's got to be valued the shares a revenue say mm. this is a revenue encourage scheme it's not a dodgy loophole so the, the, your your shares are valued and you transfer the shares at the market price and then I spread out the payment over many years only if the business can afford it and we're profitable do I get paid I'm really relaxed about it. I've got far more money than I need thank god so I don't have to worry about that and then the first the initial payment was 9.2 million now what I did with the money I don't know if you know but I gave so two things I did the EOS one was for succession and the other thing was I wanted my staff my colleagues to have a, a one-off uh, a bonus you know uh, for for being loyal and working hard and you know this is, uh, to celebrate the transfer and I gave them a thousand pounds each for each year of service which cost me a fraction under four million quid of the 9.2 which they liked. I was just going to ask you a question on this and it's often something I, I, I think about like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Oprah Winfrey's um, I think she's you know a person who has you know made a lot of money and she gives back a lot I mean okay. I, 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 I don't I was, know much about that I didn't well I, I just I don't know I don't know why I was thinking about you and Oprah completely okay. different you look mad in it. <clears throat> but I was chatting to my daughter about it the other day and I was thinking you know and you know, she's very spiritual and she, you know, um, Oprah, my daughter's getting there. Um, and, uh, you know, we were chatting about the fact that it's kind of a bit easier to be spiritual when you've got a bit of money. You know, sure. And it's easy to be a bit kind and share the love sure. when you've got a bit of money. For sure. Because I was a bit of a scrapper. I, you know, oh, I had to survive. Sure. And I, I, I look back on some of the, the ways that I worked in those early ways where it was, you know, in the retail industry, we'd have been in at the same time. And, you know, you had to be tough to try and get to the top. You had to be tough, right? I'm just wondering, if you didn't have money, do you think it would be as easy to be as ethical, fair and kind? Well, it's development. So, yes, as a female orphan, you had an much harder go than me. So that's, you know, I respect that hugely. But again, I, I had a chip on my shoulder from being at this, this school with I used to look out the window at these, these, these wealthy parents driving up their rollers, taking the kids out and make my dad park his battered Renault around the back. I was ashamed, you know, but it gave me a chip, healthy chip on my shoulder, which I converted. I had some terrific Did your dad know that, that, that you oh, were ashamed of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he encouraged me, you know. What, he, to be ashamed of him? No, he encouraged me to, to yeah, you get back at them son you make some money and you show them. not in a tacky no, way no it's but, interesting but yeah, i was, was i went to you know the local well, it was a, a, a convent girls school and so the, all the private girls used to come out from chorley wood exactly. and you know and they, they, yes. their mothers would drive them in and we'd get off the school bus from yeah. the other end the Watford well, kids simple, with no money and i was a bit ashamed of that exactly. you know and exactly. i i feel a bit bad for being ashamed you know i look back now and go i, I shouldn't have been ashamed of you mum oh, and dad that you couldn't afford absolutely but when you're a teenager it's a different ball game but it it, it, it also different. drove me i it, wanted it, to be one of them exactly. i wanted and then exactly. i realized i didn't want to. you realize all nonsense <laughs> well i realized i wanted to be more than that once i got exactly. there you know exactly. and i don't know where exactly. that came did you ever any, ever have any shame uh, emily did i have any shame <laughs> <laughs> um no i know what you're saying it's yeah school kids can be can be difficult and i went to a school it wasn't a private school but there was a lot there was a good mix and there were certainly those children that lived in that village 
and the ones that didn't that lived in the local town you would carry that sort of you know mm. you'd, you'd be a bit embarrassed and it, it definitely created slight kind of clicks and whatever in the school mm. so yeah but kids you, you don't know at that age you like feeling embarrassed about your parents is something that is quite innocent and you don't realize how damaging it is at the time you're not doing it you know but I wasn't doing it from a bad place but yes yeah, certainly I'm listening now. My mum's going to be listening to it. <laughs> she talks very well about your mum. Let me tell yeah, you that. I yeah. know for sure. I listen. <laughs> so now I have a completely different attitude. When I see, you know, I see homeless people, you know, when I get off uh, Manchester Piccadilly Station and walk to my store, I have to pass 50 people in the doorways. And now I have an amazing, I mean, I, I so s- I, I've had great role models in life. I had a socialist housemaster at Clifton where I went to school and he used to come back in the, he used to go in the holidays to South Africa and demonstrate against apartheid. And he'd come back having been beaten up, showing us his wounds and I just felt what an amazing guy so mm. you know I've had my parents met in the Kilburn store in M&S and again they spoke about this great chairman Simon Marks at the time who died mm. in 65 and M&S then was absolutely you know rocking it was the rocking. retailer was the, but very do you know I went, I mean, went to male. try and get on the management training school and they t- turned me down wow Turn me down, they know. did. The, I knew I wasn't Marks and Spencer stuff. Julian, what were you? Were it you would have been that? a good experience. Well, Steve teases that I was conceived in the changing room in Kilburn. He says he's checked with the archive department. He can neither they can neither confirm nor deny. But he's promised he's going to put a plaque up anyway. And it's sort of ongoing just between us. But um, 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 so. So I think when you're a kid, you're sensitive to these things. But I had some great role models, and I've always had a conscience. So even though we both believe in capitalism, there's mm. not a better way that we've discovered. I'm sure you're concerned about it as I am, and I wrote a book exactly about those concerns. So I think that uh, I sleep better at night. Uh, it's the right thing to do. It's helped my business hugely by being a responsible business person. And uh, But for the rogue, society needs to be much tougher on them, and that's what my book's about, in terms of the way it deals with stakeholders. So, of course, we should pay the real living wage. Of course, we shouldn't have evil zero-hour contracts. You know, if it wasn't for the unions, we'd still be putting children up chimneys, after all. You know, the unions have an important place uh, to play in all this. Have you ever felt, um, I can't do this, or felt, you know, that you weren't good enough? Okay, well, I have ridiculous amount of self-confidence and no talent. And my wife struggles with, you know, we have a band. She did play the Albert Hall last year, about 5,500 people without back an eyelid. We were supporting Jules What did she do? What was she She's doing? She's a singer. Is she? I, I manage and I play drums. And she's at the front. I'm you are her. on the drums in, in the, the background. Back. Yeah, yeah, at the back. Did you know this, Emily Bryce Perkins? I did not know this, Mary Portas. <laughs> Hang on a minute. You can have an There you are. So, Richard Sounds, yes. not only do you sell this incredible equipment, you yeah, are playing it in sure. the background. I set up an organisation to help musicians called Richard Unsigned. We have over 3,000 artists we're helping because a lot of them get exploited. So, again, I saw the way we were treated, like me having to deal with venues, driving me mad. Let's get off that about, second. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you on the drums, yeah, with know. all this self-confidence, yes, but you don't think no much talent. talent. I'm rubbish at everything. And Rose Why, got, what made you say that? Just let me hear that. Well, I'm or a jack of all trades. So I, I, just, I have nine directors, and I'm, they're all better than me, but I'm just sort of good at jigsaws, maybe, putting things together. And I like to think of myself as a people person. I love people like mm. you. So I don't love all people all the time. Mm. You're much more forgiving than me. But I do believe in fairness. So I don't I, love all people all the time. But I Oh, your mantra is, I love people. So I'm just being... Well, no, but I just think, so. oh, my God, do you hear me in the office sometimes? <laughs> no, I don't, know. You didn't say, mention oh, that. Oh, no. I, Did I, she I, say I, that on Desert Island Disc? No, I missed that bit. No, I love... No, um, no I, there's some people that I just don't... And I have to stop myself from feeling such, you know, bad you, thoughts against people who aren't Mr. being Pickles, kind. Mr. Pickles, you weren't terribly kind about. Mr. Pickles. No, I wasn't, Mr. Pickles. 
No, I have to be careful because they think I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, I, I don't think Mr. Pickles. Well, because here's the thing. When I did my high street report, I talked about community and creating this social web of security. But that's what's important. Even in your fabulous flat in the centre of London, the first thing you and I want to do is pop out and get a coffee together and have a little chat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, oh, that one's closed down because the rent's too high. And we were like, oh. And it's instantly just stopped that little bit of connection that we wanted. Mm. And I, I talked about that in the High Street Report. Now, we're in a lovely part of London, but when you go across the country and you're into some, you know, village in the north, you know, three miles outside Doncaster, these are really important things, these places to have where people can connect. And Eric Pickles just paid me a lip service and then signed off all out-of-town buildings for Tesco's at the time. And I was very, very upset, I remember, Julian. Yeah, you said, and I, yeah, I was I allowed to be. It was the wrong thing to You're, do. Yeah, so that's one person you maybe don't love too much. But anyway, let's... Uh, but I've forgiven him. OK. <laughs> the big thing often I, what I look at in business is that um, when, I, when I wrote my book, Work Like a Woman, is that... So many men have this confidence, mm-hmm. and so many women mm-hmm. don't. I interviewed Jude Dick. last week. I heard Jude, Jude talking about it. Well, she, she had a bit of confidence. Our Jude does. Yeah, she's amazing. She's terrific. And encouraging women with financial matters. I thought that was great. It's really great good. podcast. Well, you should meet, actually. Yeah, you should oh, really fine. meet with her. Um, she sounded uh, great. But Dame, we, I had Dame uh, Inga Beale, who was the chief exec of Lloyd's of London, okay. first female chief exec, okay. on. And she said that when they first offered her a promotion, she said, No, I can't do this. Now, I don't think you'd say that, you see. And uh, no, but, but I, I would. Im- how many men that you know have reached the top in business would say that? I, I can't think of many that I've no. worked with. What is it, do you think? And have you come across this with women that you find there's talent, but okay. somehow they just don't have this confidence? What made you feel so confident? So I think what we do is a is a consequence of our education our bringing our role models and our life's experience and so women traditionally and it's changing it is changing you know women you talk about a lot the whole a lot yeah. of the theme what you're talking about is the way women are, grow up you know to wear pink and play with dolls and i mean times are changing there's some terrific role models now that women can aspire to so i think times are changing we mustn't give up i think we must keep pushing you know, pushing the needle but at least there's some terrific role models you know i i'm terribly involved in 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 the in the not-for-profit sector now you know the, 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 there's a woman running the tuc you know i mean that was <gasps> there's a woman a male bustier you know, i know but, but she's but... terrific france is great you've got a woman running the cbi dame mm-hmm. karen in fairman terrific strong woman i mean brilliant business community amanda mckenzie i mean it goes on and on i keep meeting you know the woman who won anyway they're, they're great women running lots of proper organisations, not just token women on the board, because shit, you know, the non-execs say we've got to have a woman on the board. So I think times are changing. Are we there yet? No. Have we done enough? No. And you're pushing it. You're I mean, right I, I su- for the battle. I, I suppose the, the thing is understanding how we work and want to work and how all the social things that women have to pick up as well. Okay. That, that. Well, that's exactly and I, I, I'm wondering whether that you you look at your business and do you work around the different needs of the individuals? Sure. Now, can we do more? Of course we can. I mean, mm. I've mentioned before we were chatting and, you know, we've got gender pay gap in favour of women. I've chosen my successor. Yes, talk to me about your gender pay gap. It's in favour of women, isn't it's it? It's in favour of women because 30% of our, we don't have enough female employees, I'm talking to Emily about this, but... 30% of our female workforce are, are in management, so their wages are higher, I guess. That's probably the reason. Uh, but we absolutely, you know, I don't 
look at the person's colour, don't look at the person's sex. It's all about ability. And, you know, it's the right person for the job. None of this dead man shoes nonsense. We're quick to promote, we're quick to demote. But my chosen successor out of nine directors is definitely a woman, Julie. And uh, she's chief executive now. And, uh, um, you know, we've worked out the lesson in the office, the better the business does with her at the helm. And she's a terrific woman. So, you know, we and 55% and of our female workforce stay with the company five years or more. So Amazing. we tick a few boxes, but can we do more? Of course we can. I read Mary's book. <laughs> I made her, well, I suggested she read it. I would make her, this is my CEO. And she loved it. And she said, no, no, we can do better here. You know, the childcare, the flexibility, the options. We love that. And that was brilliant. Yeah, simple idea. But, you know, I don't think of childcare as a primary thing. Whenever I think about women having access to childcare, of course, it's important. But, you know, not being a dad even myself, you know, I've completely miss that part of my life mm. but being a person who's interested in fairness and care and compassion anyone that puts an idea suggestion in front of me I'll consider so we're going to get better I and hope. what do you, you do sort of is this right that you open at noon or exactly something? yeah bit weird for retailer eh Mary we open yeah. the shops at midday Monday to Friday well that's also the people you, I would imagine that you found that 9 till 12 they weren't you were, they weren't Who coming in stereo on the way to work yeah. or two grand telly so it was mad so it means now people can do that I've got to buy myself a little sound system I know do just you know the place, I found myself just doing I'm going to do it now do you know what I found myself doing I don't know. I've kept my CDs yes and I, I mean, didn't I, I, I streamed everything and then I put them all on paid the fortune to put them onto an iPod and okay. then I don't use that anymore because you stream and I listen to you know Spotify but when I bought my country house I thought no I'm not getting rid of them and I cannot tell you the joy I now have of just going through my CDs because I think when you do Spotify you just go oh you you, you actually tap in what you want to listen to whereas when you scroll through your CDs you go oh my gosh I I haven't listened to Credence Clearwater Revival for a long time I'm going to put that great album on the reason you hang on to them probably is because people Gave all their vinyl away, and they'll regret it. Yeah, and no, I've got some of those. Got some great, uh, not not enough though, because when we when we were younger, all our because uh, we lost our home, yeah. all that stuff went it's crazy. But my brother's got all the Bowie ones, which is all that oh, matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, we've we've been selling turntables all the way through, you know. I know it's brilliant. On the basis that um, we love vinyl because the sound quality is great, and secondly, you know, I needed the money. Uh, yeah, of course, I can see. Um, also, there's something very social about vinyl, isn't it? You yes, listen and you all come art. together. Yeah, like, but lovely. literally, I remember getting our first record player and it was given to us by my auntie Kathy, who wasn't really our aunt. She was our brown owl, but she was a great family friend. And she gave us a Bush record player and the album that came with it was Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Amazing. Not a bad one Amazing. to start with, well, Julian. Hooked, right? That's not... probably my first album, one of them anyway. Yeah, of course Amazing. it would be. Amazing. We're the same age. Or, you Surely know. not, Mary. <laughs> Oh, he's a he's a smoothie woothy, you know. Um, I think we both agree that walking the dogs in rolling fi- fields is one of life's joys. You know, do you do sure. a lot of? No, I think I giving the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but th- do you do a lot of sort of creative? Do you find that that's where you do your best thinking? Yeah, I, I, my my brain is like a still pond in the morning. So I'm like you. You're a morning person, mm, I gather. Totally. I'm absolutely, and mm. I'm up and about. And my beloved isn't quite as early as me at getting up but um, that's fine I can get the thing my thinking I, I like to do and I, I work in batches so I don't sort of in a meeting I don't stop to take phone calls I do my phone calls in batches my meetings my emails I like to do things in groups I find that works for me we've all got slightly different work methods Am I batches talk to me about that well one. so you know, if I had a meeting, I won't stop it to take a phone call, and then I won't do an email. No. I like to do batches of type, types of work. You, do you know what that is? That's called being totally present in those times. So you're okay. in the meeting, and therefore you give your yeah, time to exactly, that. Exactly. You're totally present. Exactly. And then when you're doing your emails, you're totally present on that. Exactly. Yeah. I like to focus on that. And yet customers, uh, I still reply to every customer letter we get. 
personally sign every letter everyone's bespoke type for me and I check it and I sign it so every customer that's not happy I will deal with it myself so on every receipt my name is on their free post Julian Richer and I deal with that so you know we all have to choose what we still want to do what we don't want to do in terms of thinking yeah I'm a sort of interesting I mean I am a jack of all trades I stand by that so I do a bit of thinking but I really like the organisation stuff you know a lot of people think I have lots of ideas and don't follow through and ideas slip through their fingers and I think that's tragic you know or they say they're going to do this and don't do it that is a tragedy I think that's a terrible way so I do and my memory as we get older you know is, is never very good so I write everything down and I can't forget things yeah no I'm, I'm but what you're about is you're about a, a creative thinker but you also are luckily enough that you are a business person that makes it happen and you drill it down into detail as well I, so I like to two, do that those yeah, two I like to be organised really on top of things I hate to let people down by forgetting things so I'm, I do try and keep organised so do you think we are going into a kinder and a fairer way of doing business I hope so. I'm, I'm not. The, it's a very small club, you know, the Responsible Capitalism Club, which you and I are uh, fully-fledged founder members. But, I know. but it's growing. We're not the only ones, but it's a small club. Oh, that would be a really good club we should start, Julian. I'm but who's on I've it? Who's on already. it? I've no, I know, but who's on it? They all get a free book when they join, Responsible right? Capitalism. Who's on yeah. it, though? In your head, who's on okay, that there little are club? A few. So there's, uh, there's Guy Watson Singh at Riverford Organics. Yeah. Tremendous organisation. You've got Yvonne so, Chownard at Patagonia. But hang on, okay, that's really okay. good. It that's would have been Anita Roddick. It Anita would have been Hatchley But let's talk about this. Will Butler Adams, the Brompton man. I've met him. He's a good egg. I mean, they could be like that. Now, the problem is, and James Timpson, who's a good mate of mine, big offender of ex offenders. Now, I'm working on, which yeah. I hope to be launched first part of, of, of next year, of 2020, and uh, what we call the Good Business Charter to improve business behaviour. So it was my idea. I found it out. I've got a tremendous team with a female CEO in place and uh, 10 e- relatively easy components people can understand. The trick is not to have the bar so high. Everyone says, yeah, that'd be great, but no chance, mate. I'm not going to sign up to that. But we do want to make a difference. So um, please watch this space for that, and I'd love to have your feedback. And that's the way we're going to encourage people to be better because there are a lot of businesses that tick six or seven of these boxes if they tick all 10 i'll have moved them just a bit in the right direction and the people left out who never even thought of this before well i hope to start thinking about it and that's such a great idea that's so good that makes me feel very very happy so even if you're a young you know student that wants to look at where what business can i work for are you a member of the gbc the good business charter julian richer you will leave this world a richer place richer in kindness and richer in fairness That's all that matters, isn't it? Great to speak to you. Thank you to Julian. And we'll be hearing some more from Julian next year when he launches that Good Business Charter. And if you enjoy listening to that, don't forget you can listen to all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And please do subscribe and rate. It really, really helps. Abby, Abby, come and say goodbye to everyone. Come and sit next to me. Come and sit next to me. Two seconds. Come on, this sit next to me. Sit in the episode. middle, actually. Sit in the middle. Final on, episode, Abs. So this is Abby. And you just said you've got to go because you've been running everything, haven't you? Always, Mary. <laughs> yeah. So this is Abby. And Abby is my personal assistant, executive assistant, who I want to say thank you to for getting me through this year. You know you've been I'm amazing. I'm going to cry now. And she is just one of the greatest girls <laughs> there possibly is, right? She is. And I love you, Abs. I love you, too. Love you. And I'm going to finish up by telling them, um, really, uh, I normally do a quote, but I'm going to finish up by talking about my TED Talk. You went on that journey with me, so did you, Emily. How much work went into that for us to... Oh, my God, my 
my palms when you like before you got onto that stage <laughs> I wasn't even allowed backstage with you so you like You're on your own I, I texted him and I was like oh, I'm not even allowed backstage <laughs> my palms were sweating so much I was very nervous for you Th- that ended the year for us because that was a place where great people came together to make change in the world and I'm just going to end on the fact that I genuinely believe that hope is the most powerful thing we have And I believe there's this real hope in the country at the moment. And that TED Talk with us coming together, the amount of people that are making change happen and just using their voice and standing up and saying, this isn't good enough. We want a different world. We want a kinder world. We want a more beautiful world that puts people first, planet, and then profit. That's the vision for next year. Let's all go into that and play our part. And that's our quote for this week. Thank you so much, Mary. This has been really fun. It's been fun, my darling. It's been fun. I'm getting a bit emotional. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mary. And we'll see you all next year. Yes, and Emily will have a baby. I'll have a baby. See you next year. (laughs)